Legit. Hi, everybody. My name is Trish. This is our new podcast slash video podcast, I guess, called Take a Pain Check. I'm Trish. I'm 20. Um, I'm currently in university and I'm studying finance. Uh, Take a Pain Check is a little thing that Natasha and I decided to start because we really wanted to talk about what we go through on a daily basis and what a lot of other kids with arthritis go through. But they don't really have other youth to talk about it with or other youth to even listen and to share their stories with. Ms. Natasha, like Trish mentioned, like three times. Um, I am 18 yeah. years old. I am in high school. I don't have any degree or anything like that. So yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we wanted to talk. Working on it. <laughs> yeah, working on it. Uh, I think we wanted to talk about why we started this podcast uh, what we're going to cover. Trish kind of mentioned that we wanted to create like a platform. So we also want to raise awareness. And mm-hmm. if you're watching this, you don't have to have arthritis to watch it um, because it's not yeah. only arthritis focused. We're both like teens slash young adults, you know? And like, we have similar stories. So we just want to share it. So obviously this is episode one. This is our beginning together on this journey. Natasha and I are sharing our stories and how we kind of got here before we bring on other guests. But after this weekly, we will have on a guest and we're gonna kind of be talking about how arthritis impacts them, what they've done, um, just their stories. And obviously not just our stories. You don't wanna hear the same story every week, (laughs) but we're gonna talk about their stories and even youth that have started organizations in the face of all of this, like. Um, we kind of created this so we could build a platform, not just for ourselves, but for other youth with arthritis and kind of give them something that they could look forward to watching every week, knowing that somebody out there was talking about what they deal with every week. Yeah, I think we've both had those phases where we haven't found people that had arthritis. So we were really looking for support groups. And basically, we both met um through Cassie and Friends so Cassie and Friends is in I guess like a platform slash organization and what happens is that they create this base and foundation for kids that have rheumatic diseases and so that's how Trish and I became tag leaders where we host events for youth with arthritis or any rheumatic disease so it could be like auto-inflammatory conditions and so yeah, Trish and I are the Toronto chapter leaders, and there are a bunch yep. of other chapter leaders um, in Vancouver, Calgary, you know, all that fun stuff. <laughs> so yeah, we kind of met yeah. through, we met through Cassie and friends, even though we literally live in approximately the same area. Who knew that, <laughs> like, you know? Yeah, Jennifer reached out to me to oh, speak wow. at their, um, at the Scotiabank Marathon. That's okay. how I found Cassie and friends. And finding an organization like that is literally one chance in a million. Like it's so hard to find an organization that supports you and really talks about what you are going through all the time. And so this podcast we're making in conjunction with Cassie and Friends because it's such an amazing charity and organization that we really wanted to shine a light on what they're doing as well. Yeah, it was really hard for me to find Cassie and friends like at first. I, we did, I did a lot of digging uh, originally I joined like these Facebook groups and there were like moms in there and I never found anyone that had juvenile arthritis 
and I'm not trying to talk to like other mothers because I'm a child <laughs> well I was a child so yeah it literally took a lot of digging but Cassie and Friends has literally supported us the whole time and they've always like been here for us yeah. and there's so there's actually so many other kids that have juvenile arthritis so it's really important that yeah. everyone's aware of that and you are not alone like yeah. you are not yeah I think that's the biggest um sell with this podcast is like you're literally not alone and that's why we're here and that's why we kind of wanted to talk about what we've been through what other kids are going through and you know provide a community that your hometown might not be able to give you yeah I guess we wanted to sort of talk about our stories so how Trish was like diagnosed so I was diagnosed when I was 11 years old I um it took them about a year to diagnose me. I kept getting sent home. They were saying it was growing pains. They were saying it was this <laughs> and that. And obviously, when it didn't go away, it wasn't growing pains. Yeah. It should have gone away if it was. On the third doctor visit, he finally did a blood test. We finally figured out the ANA factor, the rheumatoid factor. They were kind of crazy. Like, my rheumatoid factor was over 200 and a regular yeah. person is 25 <laughs> like it's not even now like a good rheumatoid factor for me is like 75 that's still yeah. 50 over what it should be you know so when I was first diagnosed it was horrible and getting diagnosed at 11 12 13 years old which we were both kind of in the same boat there yeah. um is hard because you're going into middle school you're going to high school you have no idea how to deal with this and your mother can't take care of you like she can't if it hurts it hurts it's not going to stop hurting because your mom gave you ice like yeah that is definitely just like the gist of it yeah it's a pain management tool icing heating pads yeah yeah uh, I like got I got diagnosed when I was 13 and I was yeah I thought I used to play tennis so I guess both of us sort of played a sport um I used to play tennis and my yeah. fingers and wrists started to swell up and it was really random and so like I literally could not hold that tennis racket anymore it was so bad and my parents thought it was a sprain so we just wrapped yeah. it around um thinking that it would go away it didn't go away for two months <laughs> so we went to the doctor got the blood test obviously the rheumatoid factor was high it was and like there was. 200 or 300 yeah and it's so weird yeah. because we don't even, I didn't even know that, that there was something called the rheumatoid factor. And I didn't know that I yeah. was positive and it was high. It was kind of awkward. I'm like, what is this? And so like, yeah, yeah, I got that blood test and then got referred to a pediatric rheumatologist, which people that don't know, it's someone, it's a doctor that treats children that have rheumatic diseases. Rheumatic diseases. Yeah. yeah. So we both got, actually, we both got referred to the same one. <laughs> So yeah, we basically got referred to the same pediatric rheumatologist. So obviously like Trish is older. So yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, like it was, it was, a, it was shock. It was devastating. It was a shock. I was like, yeah. what is this? It's a big shock. Like you, mm-hmm. you genuinely go home and you're like, like your life is turned upside down and it's yeah. not like, it's not in a good way ever. Like your life is all about this disease now and it's so hard to get away from that like you wake up in the morning something's hurting you're you want to play a sport at school something's hurting it's so hard to get away from this disease once you're in the disease and I feel like that's something that's never talked about like 
kids who have rheumatic diseases or you know and other diseases too like you're so locked in on how you are going to handle the disease that you forget to do everything else yeah and and like initially especially when you're first diagnosed it's like like when I was diagnosed I could barely walk and I could not write and there's so many things I couldn't do and it's like I've learned to always write my notes for school. I've learned to do my homework in a certain way. It's like, now you can't do that. And so that was like the most difficult thing, especially school. Did you have like any difficulties in school where you couldn't do specific things? Yeah, like I, so when I was first diagnosed, I was in grade, I was diagnosed at the end of grade six. So grade seven, grade eight, when I came back to school that year in grade seven, obviously a lot had changed like we had just gotten it under control like it you were doing damage control at first you're not controlling anything yeah. for the rest of your life you're literally doing damage control to make sure your joints aren't gonna die like <laughs> that's literally yeah it. they're not gonna so be when I was first like when I first came back to school a lot had changed in the fact that my hands weren't writing the same I actually taught myself to write with both hands in grade seven can't relate (laughs) so I'm not like I've kind of lost it because after you like after you start typing and you get computers and stuff like you don't write it right out like I don't write my notes ever now yeah but I literally I could write my notes fully keeping up with my teacher with my left hand and my right hand and it took a long time I think for me to tell my parents that I needed help in school like yeah for me I think for you, it was like because because of tennis and stuff. Like your hands were noticeable. Yeah. And but for me, it was enough that I could still hide the pain. Yeah. So it took like it took two three years for me to look at my mom and say, "Mom, like I need help. Like I can't keep doing it like this." Yeah. And that was when like all you know the legal stuff starts. You have to do your IEPs. You have to do yeah. everything with the school and it's so hard when you start those things because because you don't look like a kid who has a disease they treat you like you're not a kid who has a yeah because it's in it's right I feel like you went through that too yeah Yeah. 100% like I couldn't do gym class so they people would make fun of me and be like oh you're so lazy or like I found shoes that would help ease the pain and people be like oh like they look like swimming shoes like excuse me yeah it was just it was a lot to handle because you would hear all these comments and because it was so-called invisible or you couldn't see it it was like it doesn't exist so you should be treated the same and it was hard because we took those science courses we took those math courses and it always felt that okay you have you can't write you can't go into stem and you can't go out that field and it's just like it's so discouraging because kids you can do it you just need the encouragement right and you're getting you literally just need the push and even yeah. like even when you and I met you still weren't ready to be open about your disease oh, <laughs> well now I'm open because podcast but yeah I it's hard it took a lot of convincing I guess sort of or like talking like I know it used to be like oh yeah like it's okay like you'll get to it at one point you'll be okay to talk about it but it wasn't yeah. something that I was like oh yeah guys by the way I like I have arthritis or like 
I posted things about arthritis like it's only been really recently yeah. where I've kind of been like you have to yeah. make the best out of it you can't cry and yeah. be like this is the worst thing ever I can't handle it like I, <laughs> I don't want to live I just want to sleep in my bed but I guess we both yeah. sort of made the best out of what we have and yes sure. I wish I never had this <laughs> disease but I feel like I mean don't we all yeah we all wish that but you can always like there are pros to be honest like there yeah. are like we've seen yeah pros, and yeah I don't want to be in pain no one wants to be in pain it works for us and what doesn't yeah work so what do yeah, you for sure what do you use I when you're in pain I am not a big um pain management person okay. I am more destroying my pain when I was a kid as you know so I am more of a person like if some like I have my pain cycle down to the day like I know exactly how my pain works so okay, like if yeah. I feel something I don't know if you can feel it like I know when my hand's gonna start hurting like I can feel it start um I don't know I feel like I know yeah you you're so used to it for a few years like you know I know if I yeah. write for more than like 20 minutes my wrist will be in pain and then I have a wrist splint yeah so it's like you've built that sort of thing where you know that like I have this little gel pad that I put before like if I need to type and my wrists are gonna hurt so we've kind of like went through all these strategies or whatever and like now we know but I don't have like that morning stiffness and I don't have those night pains yeah, that a lot I. of people do I don't have the fever right so everyone has like different pains I guess yeah I think my thing was, so like when I was diagnosed, I, I didn't really notice it, but then yeah. when I started like sleepovers and like whatever, yeah. like you sleep with your friends, whatever, I used to, like I boil at night, like my body gets so oh, really? hot Okay. to the point where I've had friends like wake me up and go like, are you okay? And I'm literally like, dude, like I'm, I'm fine. Okay. And like, it's funny because like even like we've googled it before and it's your body's supposed to cool down at night my body's the complete opposite I heat up like a like a furnace like it's insane and for so long I couldn't figure out what it was but everything that I deal with ties back to arthritis like everything goes back to that yeah I I see what you mean like I don't I don't boil up but I know like when your joints are swollen it's supposed to be like heated in a way yeah but yeah, yeah I know that for sure I don't have like a lot of us have different pain like some people have jaw arthritis elbow knees yeah wrist ankles right so yeah. everyone has different arthritis and that's kind yeah of crazy. I actually literally I developed jaw arthritis last year so how, I didn't how does have that it work? like how haven't does had it, it hurt when you talk or for eight something? years nothing and then last year <laughs> It is the worst thing in the world. Like, like how would I sing so if I had jaw arthritis? You can't fix it. You can't fix it. Because how are you going to put anything? Like, all you can do is put ice on it. Yeah. Yeah, but anything else on it, you can't wrap it. Okay. Like, I get it right in here. And okay. I can't open my mouth. Like, all I can literally do is drink smoothies. Oh, my. And hope that it goes away quick. <laughs> like, that's it jaw arthritis is a whole another ball game man it was not fun (laughs) yeah I don't have jaw arthritis so like what meds have you been on in general or how did your like medication journey start (laughs) 
Yeah. Okay. So I've, I was lucky. I've been pretty lucky with my medications. I have been, I haven't really wavered and kind of had to go off course or like anything. So I started off on naproxen and prednisone and just try damage control kind of thing. Prednisone Mm -hmm. was hell on earth. And I will live by that statement because it was not fun. Like I did not react to it. Well, I grew chubby cheeks like a chipmunk (laughs) me too and it was not fun like that was I think the worst of it I think when I came back to like middle school in grade seven and that's what I looked like like I genuinely hated myself and it was it was hard because it's like I know I need it yeah but I didn't want it yeah and then eventually I looked at my doctor and I said man like I'm not doing another round of this like find something else like I'm done yeah and for sure I, was, I went on methotrexate and I've been on it since like for the last seven years I guess wow. I've been on needles I've been on pills so, like everything kind of I enjoy pills better I hate needles I know you hate <laughs> needles too I do not fun I don't know what person likes getting a needle yeah like, I don't I hate it I can't like at first I used to faint for blood tests and then all of a sudden it was like okay I'm so used to it like you your pain tolerance goes like up like you can handle yeah I got yeah uh, my wisdom teeth removed and I was like okay this is not even painful like have you gotten a joint injection it's way worse than that don't even like (laughs) compare and I like my pain tolerance has like increase like I I am on methotrexate as well but I'm also on like sulfasalazine and Plaquenil but the methotrexate needles are like it makes my arm sore for like three days now like I've been on it for I'm a telling year. you you gotta get it in your legs I I don't know legs, I feel like legs, legs. you can also get it in like your stomach I'm terrified to do that okay um, yeah I don't have enough fat for that yeah but I think legs. that's the issue with my arm too um it's like you don't have I'm telling you oh well think about it I got like gotta I got a biologic I got a biologic in my thigh it was so painful um there was like Which one like hum- was it Humira or like something like that it's like it's like a know. bee stings you it's like <laughs> it's like a stab uh, uh, it stings for like ah three like, it stings it stings for like three seconds and then it goes away nope um, but yeah have you seen that I, tiktok there's a girl who tries to she's like solves her lupus or something with bee stings like she yes, stings herself every that. day and I it like, works I, yeah I would not nope. be able to yeah no I don't so, I don't need to put more pain in my yeah, body no thank you but yeah I've been on the same prednisone methotrexate naproxen methotrexate didn't work out first and then I went on biologics yeah infusions and then I went back to square one which was methotrexate and other things in that like level yeah so it's been working for like a year I also got joint injections so in more than one joint and like 10 joints and that's too much to handle Mm-mm. and Mm-mm. so I've been through all that that's what they they said that to me at first too they said we're gonna put you under and give you joint injections and I was sitting there and I'm like ma'am do you know how many joints that is yeah, it's like, a lot, and they're not, not supposed to, to do that. The they're day. not supposed to. They're not no. supposed to do unless you're in. You're in an extreme case, which I was. Like I did not. I was not under remission for at least three years, and so I kept jumping on yeah. and off of meds. 
So they had, like, it was like, you have no choice or your joints will be damaged. So then I had to, right? And yeah. then after that, I and found usually, that. And usually you go into remission within a year. Like, usually yeah. you can get it controlled and damage controlled. Mine was like three years. A year. Three years. And I yeah, tried every crazy. single, ch- like, child drug. <laughs> like, you like the basic every NSAIDs. every single cocktail of drugs they could feed you they NSAIDs, biologics yeah um, joint injections definitely like I'm in a couple of like Facebook groups and stuff about it yeah. and I always hear the moms go crazy about my attractive and I'm like do you realize that you are not being poked and prodded it's your kid like yeah. maybe you should ask your kid how they feel towards it like I was always so lucky like my parents yes like my mom was very severely against biologics like she same, same here me same to go here. on them but I it's like when they when the doctors say that like it your joints will be damaged you're put under that yeah like fear you want to do anything to help yourself and so we always like pushed yeah. it my mom was always just pushing it saying like oh let's try other things like homeopathy Chinese medicine yeah. so we tried like everything oh my god right? we've tried everything possible that too no we tried yeah, everything, everything possible because too. we don't want to go through the whole biologics phase and eventually I had to because it's like nothing's working so yeah and it's it's so hard because when you get to that point where nothing is working you have no idea what to do like you sit there yeah. and you're like you either don't. my joints are gonna erode yeah. or I have to deal with the pain and I have to go through this situation yeah. and it kind of gets to that point right yeah it's just it's a lot to handle and I guess like you have support but it's just it's difficult so how did you yeah. rely on in general if you were like I I don't think I relied on anybody so I don't like I don't know if this was with you but like my grandparents lived with me and my they were in India when it happened when I was diagnosed but my parents were so iffy on telling them about it and so when they came back and they told them like my house kind of went crazy and like even now my grandpa every couple like the uh, last week my grandpa was like washing dishes or something with like really hot water I was like mom like why do they use such hot water like why (laughs) and my mom's like oh because it it prevents arthritis and I looked at my grandpa and I was like yeah like I should have tried that trick 10 years ago (laughs) it's not gonna work now like it's so funny and I feel like generationally like it's so hard for you to explain to people that it's like it's not my fault it's just genetic like I that's I, why it's it, called it woke up in me idiopathic right no cause don't know the cause like <laughs> it woke up in me that makes me so, so upset I, like, I don't think idiopathic <laughs> upset <laughs> like <laughs> you don't know the cause it's so sad it's, it's like I just like pretend that I like I know what triggered it I would say like I got strep throat four times since grade five to grade eight well grade seven four times a year because we used to like share we used to share flutes and people didn't sterilize it properly so I used to get it okay and it was so bad because I got it and then right when okay Trish stop laughing right when okay okay stop getting a strep throat 
I got arthritis and I've never gone strep throat after that. Isn't that kind of sus? It's like you get strep throat for the past like three years. And then once you get arthritis, you've never gotten strep throat ever again. And it was strep throat. Did you keep sharing a flu? No, no, we only shared it. You keep sharing a flu? No, we shared it for a year. Okay, Um, so that's why you stopped getting strep throat. No, no, no. Like in my mindset, it's like that. And then there was like some drama, which is like stress. So I feel like it's all stress related for me. That's what I predict. But everyone has their own like story. What do you think triggered? I feel like I have absolutely no idea what triggered me. But when I was diagnosed, um, like my mom had just had a baby. And like, so my brother had just been born. But two years before that, my mom had lost uh, like a baby but she lost full term so he was literally like like she like it was stillborn like she literally gave birth and everything and I think ever since then it was it was like a trigger like it was a stress cause yeah everything stressed me out and especially like I was so protective of my mom like everything stressed me out and so when my brother was born he was uh, like I think it was literally like he was born in May, and I think I was diagnosed right after he was born. So I have no idea like what actually triggered it, but like my doctors always start to tell me like they're like oh climate change like this and that, and I'm like yeah I had some shit in Canada because they were like oh you moved from India to Canada like you know that could have triggered it like I'd environment been living in Canada for environment. four years at that point yeah four years later I know. It's like four okay, years there are a bunch of factors. I feel like it's idiopathic, but then it's, it's like fake environment, um, genetic, which makes no sense because no one I yeah. know has. Yeah, same, same. Unless like same. you're my grandma or like you're, you know, like you're like it's, yeah, it's like you get it because and you just weren't diagnosed. Like, yeah, and so like that's why I think stress is like the main factor. But I don't know if that's real. Like, I'm making up my own story. You're making up this story, which is true. Like, it's true. These stories actually happen. Yeah. But it's like, that's what we think might have triggered it. But is it actually true? That's, yeah. that's the question. I feel like that's such a big thing. Like, is it actually true? Is such a big question we have to deal with. Like, I don't know what the truth is. And I will probably never know what the truth yeah, is. Yeah, we won't. Like, because especially like funding for like arthritis research and stuff is low it's not like a crazy amount of funding like the morality rate from juvenile arthritis isn't high so there's no reason to actually go and discover the cause yeah and And they figured out ways to control it right I want to find the root cause but like that's another story that's like that's why you're gonna be a doctor yeah that's why you're gonna be a doctor even though my teachers told me I (laughs) can't I can. <laughs> like, teachers. Like, anyone that's Bro, having, like, issues with education and being, like, discouraged, we got you. Like, Trisha's in math. I don't like math, but. Yeah, I do a lot of math on a daily mm-hmm. basis. Yeah, and, like, we still it's use fun. our hands, but we just found ways that we could live in it. Like, yeah. my friends scribe for me sometimes in, like, chemistry and stuff like that. I know I won't have them like, forever <laughs> beside me, but, like, you build that they're even in university I heard they're like accessibility services and like the people that yeah for sure so I found in uni programs especially like like I'm pretty good doing my own notes and doing everything like I'm I've kind of got it down pat 
but I did use the accessibility program my first year okay and a little bit of my second and they are really good like people can upload their notes people can do this people can do that I'm a control freak so I like my own notes I like to go to class like I like to do everything by myself but people do upload their notes for you to look at they do upload their notes and for you to read and like take your own notes Mm -hmm. from so it is I think it has changed as in it is very easy to get help the entirety of getting help is on you yeah for sure so the process the process to go and get this help is long and hard and you have to do it every year like yeah it's not yes it's accessible but it's not very easy to do and I didn't want to do it again so I didn't do it and here we are I think I think the same with me. I feel like I want to do everything by myself, but sometimes you just realize that you can't do it. Like you can't, yeah. you can't be sitting there for five hours typing unless you can, which is great. Um, I wish I could, <laughs> but like use your resources as much as you can. I feel like if you follow yeah. some of the other tag leaders, they have like blogs and all of that. And I use their tips like you can't there are people out there and like we we can provide you with tips too you know um but yeah Yeah. I think just reaching out and getting what you need even though you're like oh I might not need it get it because it's there for you yes the process is long and hard but always it will help you right so that's my mom always told me that she's like just do it because you might need it one day and you know what like my last ever exam of high school was the one time I didn't take the help and it was the one time I needed it. Like, it was, like I had had an English exam, okay? And it was a three hour write your essay exam, not on a computer. And it was by hand. I died. I died and went to heaven. Like it was so bad. Like I could feel it in my wrist. I like, even like after five minutes of writing, my wrist acts up like it goes like numb like it's hard to it right like I can feel it happen so yeah. that was genuinely the one time where I was like I am going to get help for the rest of my life regardless of how I feel in this moment yeah. because the one time you need something and you don't get it is when you go a little crazy yeah for sure I think it was not like fun. for me science and math tests you would ask for like double time, which is very helpful. Like take it. If you get double time, yeah, take it. I would sit, I know, I remember like my grade nine science exam. I did it with this teacher who's literally helped me with this teacher who's literally helped Sorry. me a lot. Trish just sneezed. Um, I did it with this teacher. She scribed for me. She had no idea of grade nine, 10 science, but she sat there for four hours and scribed my yeah. science exam. So these teachers are really determined, special education for sure. Uh, maybe not your science or yeah. math teacher. She was, she's, my special education teacher was so nice. She would sit there and scribe. I feel like and she didn't even know math or science. <laughs> <laughs> no, Natasha no was teaching her science. Yeah, but she sat there so determined. Like they're so nice. Well, some of the people are nice. You just gotta find the nice people. It came both ways. Like my, my special education department at my high school was really bad. Like the point where my mom couldn't even get an appointment with him oh my like it was okay. bad so I that was kind of where I'd gone where I became like I'm not I'm not dealing with this and I yeah. will just figure out how to do it on my own I can't I could but 
I I still found teachers like my English teacher was amazing and she was so good at like in grade 11 and 12 they were both so good at knowing what was going on yeah. and what I needed to succeed but finding those teachers is hard and you have to be so transparent about what you're going through and what you're dealing with and that's really like you have to learn how to be transparent with your disease and it's so hard to be transparent like even now like in my like my boyfriend and I have this argument all the time like when I'm in pain I refuse to take help like sometimes when I wake up in the morning I can't get dressed by myself and like it's a fact of life like it's something that I've you know, that you've learned to deal with. But even then, like, I am so determined to do it myself that it just, it becomes a problem. Like, you know, and you, we, like, my mom and I argue about it. She's like, if you need help, like, just ask. Yeah. Someone will help you. And I'm like, mother, I'm 20 years old. I don't need someone to feed me. I, I know, but sometimes you just myself. need the help. So take that yeah. help. Rish, they're giving yeah. it to you. I, I'm bad at that. Like sometimes you just want to be independent be because you're like you want to be independent, yeah. and I get that. But for me, it's yeah. like it's situational. <laughs> sometimes I will ask for help. Yeah. Um, but sometimes I'll be like, no, like I have to write this. I need to write this. I need to do this. My mom's like, no, chill. Like you don't need to write it. You can. I can write it. Ask your brother. Ask your sister. But it's like, no, I need to write it. So in the, yeah. like, like, there's some someone will help you. you. Yeah, you feel like you gotta do it. But yeah, there are teachers yeah. that are nice. But I feel there. like and teachers that yeah. are mean. I feel like, so. like on that note, I always I also get the opposite as well. Like I get the niceness and the kindness and all of that. But I also sometimes like even in my own house, like sometimes I feel like people forget that I'm in pain. Yeah. And it's like, okay, like I can vacuum, but my hand is gonna hurt. And I don't really want to. Yeah, I'm gonna do it because either. you asked me to, and I want to prove that I can do it. Like, okay, no, sometimes. I feel like my some, sometimes I'm kind of just like, like my dad asked me to vacuum. Well, like I actually can't. Like my wrist will hurt. But if you actually like clean the toilet, I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, like you know, like no. <laughs> I know. Okay, but no. like you know, chores here and there. It's like, oh, I'm lazy. But, like, I can actually do it. So the things that I can do, I do. But, like, if you ask me to vacuum, no. Because yeah. I know my hand's going to hurt. And it's not worth it. Yeah. I'm like that, too. I'm like that, too. What I can do, I do. And I do try. Like, I do I do try to be there for my parents. And if they need yeah. something, I do do it. But it's, it's really hard to manage, like, the disease aspect. And, like, to be there for everything else as well yeah but you also realize that like not everyone's gonna understand you your family does understand you sort of <laughs> Everyone, yeah your family yeah. do understand you but like not everyone's gonna understand you so if you have teachers that don't understand you people acquaintances peers all that like you don't need them yeah and I feel like we both learned that like advocacy is super important yeah like a hundred yeah learning advocacy. how to advocate start by advocating for yourself yeah that's the biggest thing start by advocating for yourself it's so hard as soon as you learn how to advocate for yourself which is immensely hard to do you learn how to advocate for other people as well and be a voice that they may not have and they they may not be ready to use yet right like 
when you and I started talking, you weren't ready to advocate. You were ready to advocate for yourself, but you weren't ready at the point to advocate for other people. But, you know, even through just being your friend and learning more about you, it makes you more open to advocating for other people because you know that, okay, I'm so solid in how I feel about my disease myself and confident in who I am that I'm ready to be able to advocate for these other people. Yeah, like, I think you you were re- you, like you were ready you were out there you were posting things about arthritis in general and I was yeah scared till <laughs> for like a while but I feel like when you start talking to people that are confident at some point you're like okay like I can do this too and if anything you have yeah. that other person to support you and also be like yeah. Oh, yeah like I have it too so I always felt like yeah like there are other people that are out there it's just it's really hard to find and we've found that so this is our platform and yeah we kind of want to grow from there so yeah I was always a super open person okay like in high school like always like I've been like that since I was a kid and I when I was diagnosed like at the beginning I didn't enjoy it I didn't like it but it took me a little while to just to just be like okay like this is a part of me now I have to love it or learn how to live with it yeah and I think more often than not especially now I do tend to take it I have to love it kind of way like that's who I am like you know you learn how to love the disease and then you learn that the disease has taught you so much that if you didn't have it this might be something that you're not you wouldn't have done yeah there's so many things that like you wouldn't have approached or done and those things are like good like you get involved with all these groups and you get involved with these support groups and then you feel like you want to help out others and like you wouldn't have gone through that phase um or like even want to help that many people without it so exactly there's always the pros like I I played rugby for four like six or five six years like through high school and then I played a little club after but I started rugby as a joke like nobody wants to see a 90 pound girl get her butt beat on the field like nobody and I started it off as a joke with my friend and I said yeah let's see if we can survive a season and rugby runs two seasons in high school every year you're it's two seasons so it's literally like you're playing all year round and I started as a joke and eventually it became in my head that it became yeah I have a disease that I probably my doctor would whoop me if she found out I was doing this <laughs> I'm gonna do it anyway and I'm gonna be good at it yeah and then we're gonna go from there and it was such a big push even having like that obstacle in front of me because I knew that it was an obstacle that people didn't have to deal with but it was also an obstacle that made me stronger and like I did show up to doctor's appointments covered in mud and my doctor had to learn how to deal with it like yeah you know and you learn like you learn when to stop like you learn when yeah, enough is enough do. like it takes right like I would go to practice in the morning and my mom would be like are you okay to go and I'm like mom like I'm okay now but tomorrow I won't be and I'm telling you ahead yeah. of schedule like I know and there's so many instances where like sometimes you feel bullied like I know on prednisone I felt like I was so like I was it was I felt so heavy in general chubby and I was like I can't handle this I know for a week like I didn't go to school because I could not walk it was like I felt like everything was so heavy at first it's like it's a build-up yeah but then you grow from there and then you realize that like 
looking like back I don't know how like I can actually like walk now like I'm perfectly fine I don't feel like there is an issue like it's weird though because it's like you just couldn't okay so yeah usual like I know game time game time okay play two truths and a lie not we're gonna do yeah not our greatest (laughs) related guys we're just gonna have fun so we'll do two rounds this time yeah two rounds yeah sounds like a plan okay I have been to Europe. I love sports and I hate I hate going outside of my house. You've not been to Europe? I have. I went to Spain. Cool. <laughs> cool. I think I've learned like over the pandemic I don't like being inside of my house. I will go anywhere else and sit on someone else's couch. Not on my own. Okay. Not on my own couch. That works. <laughs> zero zero. Okay, I have a printer in my room. Okay. I have two siblings and I love sharks. Okay. The I have two siblings one is true. I know that you have a sister and a brother. Um, I don't know. Like I have a printer in my room, but I know it's also not common. So, I'm going to go with I have, you don't have a printer in your room. I do. I'm scared of sharks. Who would love sharks? Well, actually, some people might like sharks, but like, no. I like the water. I don't know if I like sharks, but I do like the water. Okay, zero, zero. Zero, zero. Like, we actually, oh my God, whatever. I won this game last time. Zero, zero. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah, ready. I'm trying to upgrade my style. I drive a Mazda and I live, I don't live close to the water. Wait, you don't you live close to the water? Yeah, you do. Cause like, (laughs) yeah, you do. Yeah, 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 you have to. Maybe. I'm not gonna say a location, but that location is near this really cool beach that I went to. It's not that cool. So I like I do live super close to the water. I live like I knew it. I knew it. Like it just makes sense. Okay. One zero. Okay. Um I went to a Ariana Grande concert. I have a squishmallow in my room, if you know what a squishmallow is. Those are fun. Okay, Ariana Grande concert, squishmallow in my room, and I drink water out of a Starbucks cup. Okay. You don't have a Squishmallow in your room. That's a lie. I never went to an Ariana Grande concert. Yes, I do. I will literally show you. Okay, insert Squishmallow right here. What concert have you been to? Nick Jonas, Demi Lovato, Selena Gomez. Natasha, are you ready to end this off? I won. Winner. Natasha is the winner. Thank you so much for making your way all the way to the end of the video. You're a real one. And we'll see you next week on Take a Pain Check.